0: Welcome back to another episode of Losing Part of Me. So in this episode, we have an interview, but it's a very different, very special and very vulnerable interview. The objective of putting together this podcast and sharing my story, which feels like a very vulnerable thing to do, was that I wanted to be honest and I wanted to give people an honest look and view at what happened and how it's changed and getting sober And one of the things that I wanted to do was bring in my husband, because getting sober didn't just affect me, it affected him as well. And I wanted to give you an insight to what it was like for both of us, not only for me getting sober with someone who still drank, uh, I wanted to share what it was like for him, as I was trying to get sober and actually how hard it was for him and how difficult it was for both of us and the changes that took place in our relationship because of it. But also I wanted to bring him on because he effectively drank what I drank and yet he doesn't have a problem with alcohol. And I think as the discussion goes on, you will see how that, how I can say that and why that is the case and why I think it's the case. Um, I really appreciate him coming on and doing this. It, as a bit of a little bit of background, he is a ex-military man and talking of feelings and being vulnerable and not something that would come very easily to him. So I am very honoured that he agreed to do this with me. And I think although this conversation is quite hard at times and feels... Difficult for both of us in terms of, you know, me getting sober and what that meant for us. I think it's a really, really important conversation for you to hear, because like I said, it's not just me that was affected by this. It's, well, in fact, it was my whole family. You know, it's anybody that lives in my house. It's some of my friends. But the person that was impacted the most was my husband and it wasn't always easy. So we do talk about the fact of at some points in my sober journey at the beginning, he asked me to drink again. And I want you to hear our conversation about that so you know that he didn't do it because he's awful and mean, And but because of how much it had changed our life and what that meant for him as well as me. Um, so yeah, I like I said, I'm really honoured that he agreed to do this. Um, I really hope this gives you a bit of insight as to what it was like and what it is like for us uh, as a couple, as a married couple going through this and hopefully might give you a little bit of faith if you're feeling some of these things and you have a partner and both you and your partner are the drinkers together um, and one of you is saying I've got a problem and the other one's going no you're fine. So yeah I really hope you enjoy this episode and I thank you in advance for your kindness. Paul, welcome to
1: the
0: podcast. Hi. In the intro, I briefly described why I wanted to do an episode with you to talk about how not only me stopping drinking changed our relationship, but I guess what relationship you had with it and how it was from your point of view to be with someone who wasn't drinking and how I was struggling and things. But how are you feeling about being on this podcast?
1: I am. Different Different To other podcasts That we Yeah why different uh, It's more serious um, It goes into um, More private things maybe I don't know You haven't asked me the questions yet
0: Yeah you don't know what I'm going to say right. But you know already That I've shared some stuff Privately Well not privately As in some stuff That's pretty private to us On other episodes Don't you Mm-hmm so I guess it just feels a little bit like bearing our souls a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So obviously you're my husband, just in case people were not sure about that. And I guess I think the first thing I want us to talk about is the fact that we... One of the questions that people will want to know is how much I drank because they see the amount being the problem. And I just want us to talk about the fact that you and I pretty much rank the same in in lots of cases, and maybe what was going through your head or what you were thinking compared to what I was thinking.
1: Okay, yeah, I get that. So you start, as in how much you used to drink.
0: Well, no, as in like so, our average night would be a few gin and tonics, yeah, two ish, three bottles of One. wine, yeah, and then a bourbon or a, another gin or something another to gin. finish. Yeah, but I came to you really early on and said, not early on actually, I came to you and said, I've got a problem,
1: and you were like, no, you haven't. No, because I was drinking the same, I guess. Did you think you'd got a problem? Um, Not at the time, no. Oh, um, I d- don't think I, well, I don't think I have got a problem or had a problem, but the amount of drinks that we had, we're looking back on it,
0: No, and that's really interesting because I I was just about to say. So, do you think you have a problem there? Because I don't think you had or ever have had a problem. You were much better than I was at deciding when you'd had enough. Talk, talk through like an evening of us drinking and getting to the point of when I would want to carry on and
1: you wouldn't. Oh yeah, because it'd be the end of the evening and. We'd go to bed and uh, watch Tully and, um, yeah, have some, well, finish the, well, take bottle of wine up. Once that's finished, which was fairly quick, um, then probably have another gin or a bourbon and then I'd be ready to go to sleep, um, but you wouldn't be and you would initially tell me to go downstairs to get you a drink because I wanted to go to sleep. And I would say no, or sometimes I'll just give in and make you a drink, and then you'd stay up longer than I would.
0: And, they like, we always kind of, we were fun drunk, weren't we? Like, up until a point. Mm -hmm. And normally that point was when I would go and ask you to get me another drink. And and if you ever said to me, we've had enough.
1: Uh Yeah. I stopped saying that.
0: Because how would I react?
1: Huh? Oh, you'd be angry. Um, me telling you to potentially stop, as in us to stop, then, yeah, so then that would make you want to drink more.
0: Yeah, because that's when, fuck you, Teresa, would come out and be like, you can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Um. So then how, uh, towards the end when we were drinking a, a huge amount, was anything going through your head in terms of this is too much We need to slow it down This is Did you ever think about that?
1: Um, sometimes yeah Especially By the evening Time Or as in You know Kind of I wanted to sleep time Um, And then But then uh, In the mornings I never really suffered No we didn't Did we? So um, The morning would come Well You look back on it And you didn't suffer However Nowadays Not drinking as much I could probably Feel that, yeah, I was not in any fit state um, in the mornings. But at the time, it seemed fine. Nothing was wrong with it. So by the end of the next day, um, we'd just do it all again. Yeah. But wouldn't be a, oh, felt awful this morning. I'm never drinking again. It would just be repeat.
0: Yeah. So... We we tried loads of things, didn't we, to moderate. And you had said to me many times, just have one or just have two or we'll just have one bottle or because you could do that, couldn't you? Yeah. And it wasn't something that I could do particularly easily at all. And I don't think you, I, mean, I don't know, I don't want to talk for you. Did you understand at that point that I couldn't or did you just think it was a case of like, just,
1: just do it. And what do you mean? As in, as in me just saying, just, just have one. Yeah, like, and then you. No, I didn't realize that that you couldn't not have just one bottle. Um, I knew you wouldn't be happy with it, but I didn't think it was like you physically could not. You know, you it would just lead you to drinking more. I mean, most nights I'd go you asked me to get a bottle of wine on the way home and I would always get two because I knew one wouldn't be, in it.
0: Yeah. And then it sort of... And I don't remember that point to you when we went from one to two. And I think that's the scary thing of it is that we don't remember those points of it getting worse and worse and worse. Because we never used to... Like, when we've been together 10 years almost, haven't we? I to say 10 years. Um, and we never used to be that bad.
1: No.
0: I do remember though, do you remember one of our first dates that both of us drove to? Mm. I don't know if it was our first date or a couple, like one or two in, and we both sort of said we were annoyed that we had to drive because we both, had, I like drinking, no, I like drinking. <laughs> we were so kids, uh, And it's funny because Beth, uh, my therapist, would say that Paul and I were like two children who were left home on a weekend with no supervision yeah but that happened every night yeah because we just because we'd been through an awful lot hadn't we Mm -hmm. with your divorce your children my you know family my children children child it's just hard work putting two families together and i think drinking got us through a lot of that yeah and it was where we could switch off and our brain could switch off and we didn't have to Think about things
1: Okay
0: Yeah So And this is funny So Paul's been on my podcast before But obviously my work one And he's very quiet on this one So You know uh, I can tell that this is Getting him slightly out of
1: Your comfort zone is it? Yeah, a little bit Yeah Yeah it's just um, I don't know it, it This last year has been hard Hasn't it You know Going through that uh, Phase of Transitioning into not drinking. Yeah. Which is, it's been harder than, obviously I'm being selfish, it's been hard on me, let alone how hard it's been for you.
0: So talk about that. Tell us how, how hard it's been on you and what it's felt like for you.
1: It's been a massive lifestyle change, really. So, weekends are very, very different. Summers are very, very different.
0: Yeah, summer was hard, wasn't
1: it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's been very like anything. Any change is always difficult. Um, but there's obviously rewards from this change, financial rewards. Yeah, and obviously health rewards as well. But when uh, when you're used to kind of a Friday night or a Saturday in the sunshine and then you know obviously you're not drinking Mm -hmm. so it's like well it's almost like well, what do we do it it totally was like
0: that so let's just I just want to go back a second to the point in when I think I had started dry January and that was that was what started me really I thought I'll do dry January and then I very quickly realized that actually this was a much bigger deal and well i knew it was a much bigger deal and i'd said many times over to you often when drunk that i'd got a problem and that i had to stop and but i remember speaking to you in my office and saying to you and i actually used the term alcoholic and you said to me but you don't drink in the morning
1: mm. yeah And obviously now i'm more educated on that um yeah it sounds sounds silly doesn't it really but um but yeah that's what i saw back then
0: and and i think that's a common i think i thought that i think that's the thing i had because i had read so much by this point and listened to so many books and podcasts and all that sort of thing i was trying to gauge what what is reasonable and what's not and because you drank the same as me Almost. I all, there were things and I've said on this podcast that, you know, I would make my drinks bigger. I would drink faster than you. But in essence, on the surface of it, we drank the same. I think that's what was so hard for both of us, because I was frustrated with you. That's why you didn't think you had a problem. And I guess you were frustrated with me?
1: In terms of?
0: Because how... I guess because you were drinking and thinking, I don't have a problem, how... But then I kept coming back to you saying, I've got a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah. Then that goes back to like the to, to whole of last, most of last year, especially to the summer. We got a bit annoying at the fact that we couldn't have fun. Yeah. But then, you know, always goes back to, well, you're doing it for a good reason. But the, the life change, life, not, yeah, lifestyle and, uh, I don't know, the fun element of life um, was a big, big change and at the time, and and it still impacts now, you know, it's still a bit like, you know, like for my birthday, you know, it was, what do we do? So normally go out and we did go out, but it wasn't the same because, you know, from a selfish point of view, you weren't drinking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, And I think this is the thing that, and one of the reasons I really wanted you on this podcast was because it's very easy to tell it from my story and my point of view. And sometimes if I was to, if I had done this episode without you and said, Paul at points wanted me to drink again, people might look back on you and think, oh my God, like you're well harsh, but it changed everything, didn't it? It changed our relationship. It changed how we hung out. It changed how we relaxed. And those first few months in particular, in fact, most of last year up until, I don't know, October, November. Well, even, like you said, your birthday's in December. And even then, you know, it still felt a bit dodgy. So, yeah. So let's talk about the first few months, because I remember you saying to me, probably within the first month or so, I don't know why you're doing it. You should just have a drink.
1: Uh Yeah. Yeah, I I can't remember back then, to be honest, but yeah, I did say that. I think it was out of frustration that um, we, yeah, because things had changed, you know, to to bring that fun element back. It was, again, a selfish thing, but it's, um, from my background, being in the Air Force, the Air Force community is a big drinking community, and and it was especially on special uh, stressful you know days at work or whatever um then you know it was always the routine to have have a drink to wind down so
0: and but i have to say in your defense i was very unhappy in those first few months i was i really struggled obviously mm. and i think that was half the problem that was half the reason you yeah
1: because you were putting yourself through through that But it seemed It was For me It would just be easier For for you just to Crack back on and, and be happy Yeah Yeah and I got You know now Can I
0: ask Do you still think Like that now?
1: Not so much No
0: Do we have fun?
1: Um. Yes I would say Not as much fun
0: No and I don't Disagree actually I think That that was such a massive part of how we had fun and it's in one way yeah it's been 12 months and that's a long time but in another way that's not very long at all um and I know there was a few occasions during that year that were difficult where we we both struggled so like I'm thinking um amsterdam wasn't too bad we went to amsterdam for my birthday didn't we
1: yeah
0: as a part of the matter we didn't like it but I don't remember being too fed up there in terms of not being able to drink.
1: No. Looking back on it now, I can't see... I can't think of any situations where it was a a nightmare. Memphis. You... We fell out in Memphis. Oh, that's, yeah, I can't remember. Because
0: I... We... One thing I struggled with a lot, which... Was again something we would have done a lot. Was I don't like just. I think I'm better now, but I don't like just going to a pub for a drink mm. because it's no fun to me. I don't mind going for food. There's my fun, but if we would just go to pubs or bars and just go, like I remember when we were well, not we were younger when B was younger, that we do you remember we went to town once on a Saturday yeah. and we went on the train and we basically went and I'm laughing. She was perfectly well cared for, but we were drinking a lot. And B said to us, "Why? Why are we just going from one place, having a drink, and going to another place?" And we were like, "Because that's what you do." Whereas now, that doesn't feel as fun for me. Um, and we were in Memphis. We had been, we'd had some food, we'd gone around a few places, and our hotel had got a rooftop bar. And this was when was it? Was it June? And it was still at the point, I think, and we'll talk about this, where there were certain things I could cope with you drinking and certain things that I would really struggle with because I guess we haven't said, but you didn't stop. Um, but we'll talk about how much you drink now and, and how much you've changed if you if you want to, if you're happy to. But um, we, we were just on a rooftop bar and you had a wine and I did not like it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's so hard on both of us. Like when I look back... I have a lot of sympathy for both of us. Do you?
1: I think so. I don't really know what you means. sympathy for both L- of us.
0: So in that situation, um, I feel sorry for me because you were drinking wine and yeah. that is incredibly difficult for me to sit and watch you drink wine uh-huh. when I would have literally cut off my right arm to be able to have a glass of wine. Uh-huh. But also I feel very sorry for you because... I become miserable and I got upset and I was like, I just want to go back to the room because I couldn't cope with it, which means that's impacting you and the enjoyment you were having. Yeah. Yeah. Took me up. So it was really hard on both of us. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I, I don't, there's no blame. I don't see any blame in that for either one of us, Steve. No. Because both of us were really struggling trying to manage that situation. Yeah. They got better though i would say that's got much better
1: yeah yeah it has yeah yeah going back to that situation yeah that was tough because you know you're not gonna be in memphis you know every week and so for me it was like i wanted to make the most of it and see different places and stuff so
0: and i wanted to hide in the room let's talk about um the first night we went out on in February, wasn't it? So I'd stopped in January. We went to Birmingham. Oh yeah. And that from my point of view, and I think I managed outwardly to be quite under control and not be too much of a Debbie Downer. Uh, but that was hell on earth for me. Mm. Talk about that trip. So why do we norm why would we normally go on those sorts of nights out?
1: Well, did we stop over? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Just to go drinking, would not we? Yeah. Um, but I, it's selfishly for me, it was like, well, you know, that's what makes us happy, and let's go out and, and and you know, enjoy a drink. But obviously, you can do that. But you tried many different mocktails and all that kind of stuff, and I think that made it work.
0: Yeah. And then I sat there, um, and basically, uh. At one point we were sat in a bar and I could recite what everybody was drinking, how fast they were drinking, what they'd just ordered, because I was so focused on everyone else's drinks. And I think we both thought that night I would break. And I remember us saying, we just want to order a bottle of wine and sit and drink a bottle of wine together. Yeah. And if I think about that, that still makes me sad. hmm That we won't do that.
1: Yeah, it is sad.
0: Just both thoroughly depressed ourselves now. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, before we both crack open a bottle of wine, now I'm joking, yeah. obviously. Um, let's talk about you and drinking because you tried to do a bit of Dry January with me, didn't you? When I say tried, it wasn't like you, you don't like being told what to do either, do you?
1: No. <laughs> So what, as in, it wasn't this last, not the January you stopped, was it? Yeah, you did. Do yeah, you remember you stopped for like... About two weeks. Yeah, it? not even that, I think, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, but we did one previous didn't we? and we did the whole month. No, we haven't. Really? We no, we didn't.
0: I've gone back to all my journals for years. We've never done a whole month.
1: Well, we came very, very close to... to
0: I that. think the maximum we ever did was two weeks. It was. I stopped in October once in 2020, no, twenty twenty one but yeah anyway so you um you stopped for a little bit and then you started again so talk tell us now about what you drink and how you find it and how different things have changed for you
1: well now i'll just have maybe one or two beers a night um yeah so nowhere near the quantity i used to have um, because, well, one thing I have to get up early in the morning these days as well. But yeah. that's by the by, you know, it's. That wasn't a major difference back then. <laughs> no. But, um, but yeah, now it's just very, you know, I still drink most nights, but it would be maybe one beer in a bourbon um, or just maybe two beers or may I not actually drink at all?
0: No. But we, to begin with, I was quite um, direct is the right word to say what I could cope with seeing you drink and not drink. So to begin with, you were only allowed. This sounds awful as if I'm telling you what you're allowed and not allowed, but I don't think it was that case. It was a case of I literally was hanging on by every day and I couldn't take the risk of something making that worse.
1: Yeah. So I'm just being out of beer.
0: And then you were moved on to red wine. Yeah. It's like you're a child and I'm weaning you onto things. Um and now Which kind of makes me really happy that I can make you a gin and tonic Mm. and there is still a part of me and I think will always be a part of me that goes, oh, I'd like that Mm. and I'd like to drink that and, but it doesn't bother me as much. Like I can cope with making you a gin and tonic and now you can pretty much drink whatever you want in front of me. Yeah. But again you just don't have anywhere near the amount we used to have no. why is that what like are he yes yeah, so i'm actually really interested is that a conscious thing is that a thing of like i'm just i just don't want it or is it that you're thinking i don't want to drink that much because tea's not drinking and i don't want to be drunk in front of her or what how
1: i think initially it was because it was going from loads to not much that was more of a conscious effort not to drink as much because you're not drinking. However, now, I can't even, looking back, I can't even imagine how we used to drink that amount um, and still function. Mm. And it's kind of, even if I have a little bit too, little bit, a few too many um, on an evening, I do suffer now in the morning, Yeah, I which I never would. used to. And so then I remember that now and I just, you know.
0: But that's the difference, isn't it? You And and this was some of the many conversations we had when I was drinking, why you were so kind of like, why can't you just do this? You know, why can't you feel that? And I'd be like, I want to. I don't, though. You know, I don't have that. You always had that switch of, I've had enough now. Yeah. Whereas that switch never came in my head until I basically fell asleep slash unconscious
1: spilling your wine every
0: exactly yeah dropping more wine on the floor so good things about me not drinking what are the benefits to us and you
1: us us well you um, obviously house wise is is massive um I can see a difference in, in your skin and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um financially way, way better off. Considering, you know, I was buying two bottles of wine a night. Yeah. Um Yeah. Difficult though, because I still miss the social side of both of us. Yeah. Doing it, you know. So it is I'd love to say more positives, but I'm struggling.
0: Yeah, and I get that. And um, But can you... Do you have faith that it's getting better and going to continue to get better? Because if you look back at how things were at the beginning and how hard it was and how hard I was struggling and then think now, do you, do you feel like there's been a difference...
1: Oh, as in from the start till now?
0: Yeah, like in terms of... Because obviously, you know, the fun element, the drinking together element, Mm -hmm. you really miss all that. But And it was made ten times harder by me really struggling and being thoroughly depressed at points because all I wanted to do was drink and I was so angry and so annoyed and so upset that I couldn't, Mm -hmm. which then had a massive impact on us and how we got on and our relationship. Whereas that is... I have not done that for ages and I can't sit here and promise it'll never happen again because I don't know.
1: But it doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's better now. It is better now. Um, I was just thinking of Christmas, you know, because that mm. was a big one. Yeah. Um. Kind of very, I don't know, subdued, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd always make eggnog. Yeah. We didn't have that. I mean I'm not a Christmas person anyway, but those kind of things kind of made Christmas bearable for me. Yeah. Which we don't do now. And then there's nothing really to occupy your time over Christmas apart from watching telly. And drinking. That's what people would normally do. Can't go out so weather's bad, so
0: So all in all, what we've (laughs) succumbed. So because it's horrible and boring And you ask thing, You're miserable um, But this is like This is one of the reasons I wanted us to have this conversation Because I wanted Like I said It's not just me That it's affected It's you It's affected It's our relationship It's affected It's It's everything um, And there are lots of benefits We argued a lot When I drank Because I'd pick a fight with you Wouldn't I mm-hmm. Whereas we don't do that now No So that's good Yeah. Um, I do There are, it feels like we're both struggling To think of the benefits, there are a million benefits As to why You know, it's better that I don't drink But I think There is, as there's a bereavement You know, one of the things I talked about With my therapist was the fact of It is like a bereavement, it's like someone's died And I think both of us Have experienced that Mm -hmm. And are still experiencing that a bit Yeah because there is a part of both of us that would love nothing more than to have a sunny day and whip up a margarita and have a lovely afternoon dancing around the
1: mm-hmm.
0: garden. um, And I do think as time goes on, this summer should be different again. Like you know, after we left Memphis and went to went to Austin and then we went to New Orleans and New Orleans was brilliant, like yeah. we had so much fun in New Orleans and I didn't drink obviously. Mm-hmm. and. It didn't come up, but there are different places where sometimes, and I think that's the thing it can get me sometimes, like as we record this in a week's time, I'm going to speak at an event and I've, and people still don't know at the point I'm recording this um, or not publicly. And, and they've said, you know, there's a speaker dinner and there'll be Prosecco and, and I'm already thinking I don't want to go because that just the thought of that is wearing me out. So it's not that it goes away ever. But, obviously, it gets considerably easier at points. Um,
1: I think I did another difficult one is traveling, you know, especially if we go into the business class lounge and all that kind of stuff, it's, that's, must be tough.
0: That was tricky last time, and you were really kind last time. Do you remember what you did when we went, when we flew business class? So... I hadn't prepared mentally for flying business class. I Because we'd already done a flight to Amsterdam, I thought, flight done, tick, I coped, so I'll be okay. But obviously, we were doing a long haul in business, going from a business class lounge. And for those of you who may not have been in a lounge, uh, basically, it's free everything. And they have effectively a massive bar with every alcohol you can imagine. That you literally go and pour your own drinks to help yourself. And when I got in there, I started to freak out a bit because I hadn't prepared myself because I just hadn't thought about it. I hadn't thought we're going to be sat in a lounge. So I couldn't even go up and get myself a drink because I couldn't be faced with all those drinks. Yeah. So Hugh went up and got me like three different drinks. Yeah. Because you were like, uh, I don't know which one she wants. So you got me like a tomato juice, an orange juice, or water or something else. Yeah. And then you hid your glass of Prosecco Uh. behind something and like every so often would like get your head down and take a little sip, Uh. you know, which is amazing and so thoughtful and kind. And then I struggled on the plane. But again, and I think it was really important for both of us, you have never, and part of me kind of wishes you did, but actually in hindsight, I'm glad you didn't. You've never gone, well, I won't drink because you're not drinking, Mm -hmm. which I think for both of us now, looking back on it's really important because, you know, I didn't want to be the person who said you couldn't drink and you shouldn't have to change for something I'm doing. Yeah. And although it was hard, it's much, much easier now and it's, you know, much more, yeah, like, I can make you drinks and mm. things, and yeah. What
1: was a surprise to me, because we flew BA business, that the non-alcoholic choices were oh. pretty sparse.
0: They were awful. Do you remember? The two choices. Mm. What was it? Orange juice and, and tonic? Yeah. Or, oh man, what was the other drink and tonic? But like, And they called it these cocktail names, and you were like, are you having a laugh? This is dreadful. And I think that is the nice thing. And I think I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm sure I just said it on another episode that I do drink non-alcoholic versions of typically alcoholic drinks. And that is not always some people and uh, people who help out there frown upon it. But I like to have a drink that looks like a grown up drink. And when they came round on the plane, the very first thing they do is offer you champagne. And the alternative is orange juice. And I wanted to throw that orange juice in that woman's face and go, I don't want your goddamn orange juice. I want the champagne. But obviously I couldn't have it. Um, So yeah. So having crappy alternatives sucks. And I hate that. So if we can have, and I'll have like a bottle of pretend, pretend Prosecco. Yeah. And I don't, does that feel better to you if I drink something like that? Do you think?
1: Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, um, definitely helps. Um, just seeing the glass, you know, opening the bottles slightly different to what a normal Prosecco is, or yeah, you know, but it is better. And you've done your research and found some quite nice ones, so yeah,
0: yeah, because a lot of them taste absolutely god awful. One of them, in fact, we were out for dinner, weren't we? Yeah. And you had to try it because I was like panicking that it was alcoholic, and you were like, it tastes really good, it doesn't have the alcoholic hit, but you Same had matter. to think twice, didn't you? Mm-hmm. What would your advice be for anybody who is a partner of someone who is struggling? What I guess, is there anything you'd have done different? Because we did have ups and downs to do with it. So is there anything you'd have done different? Is there any advice you would give to someone? So let's say, you know, someone is struggling and they give this to their partner to listen to.
1: Um, well, that's a difficult one. Um I I don't think there's anything that I could have done differently, maybe be a bit more sympathetic to what you're going through. Um and it, well, just really expect to change. It's and no one likes change and it's going to be hard, but once you're through that maybe first 6 months or so, Yeah, it gets easier, but yeah, the only thing I would change to be a bit more sympathetic to what you were going through, because again, it was a change for me, so I was in a selfish way thinking, well, this is kind of, you know, rubbish on me, Yeah, Um, but I was still drinking, Um, but yeah, it's um, it's very difficult to what advice to give, because people are very different. And yes. you go through it very differently, potentially, so.
0: But I think you summed it up perfectly there, expect the change. Because even if, you know, because I wasn't always the best drunk, you know, there were points where I was horrible because I drank too much and then I'd fall out and we'd argue. And and even though there were those points, which you might think you would be like, oh, brilliant, she isn't going to do that anymore. Yeah. There were also some good points about me drinking the fact that that was my easy way to relax the fact that you know because we were like two naughty kids left at home without parents we both kind of reveled in that and we were both like should we do this tonight Mm -hmm. and like that was fun it was like we were a little team um but the problem was you know obviously what was happening in your head was not happening in mine Mm -hmm. and And that's where the problem comes. So for me, it really isn't. Although you can sit here and go, you know, we drank too much, you drank too much, you didn't, your brain didn't work the same way mine did. And
1: And that's, that's the, you know, that's probably one of the things that's come out of all of this is how differently you, and I was unaware of that, of how you were working, how your brain was working, where I would always normally, you know, would think, well, I'll have had enough, I'll stop. But obviously your brain wasn't working like that. And I didn't know that until I, obviously it came to a head, came to a point.
0: Yeah, and I think that point came after I stopped. I mm. um, Because I think it was one of the first points and you were like, just have a drink. Like, what is the point in this? Because you are mm. so unhappy and miserable. And I was probably pretty horrible to be with because I was struggling so badly And that was at the point where you were like, just drink. And then I think that was when we really had to have this kind of heavy conversation of, this isn't just, I need to cut down. This is, I am addicted and I can't stop. And if I don't do this, it's going to get worse. And I think, like, do you think it would have been better? No, I'm laughing because this wouldn't have been better for me. But if it had got to a point where it was uncontrollable to the point of like, I was drinking or hiding drinks because I never hid anything from you because we drank the same but didn't need to or because you were never you were never looking at me like Ooh, you drink a lot mm. but like would it been easier for you if I'd got to a point where it had really started to destroy things
1: maybe yeah yeah it may, might have been but it never like you say I never, never really got to that because it was just just the norm and yeah you know, it didn't really Seem that bad, and then obviously you've been saying that you know that I would have said, well, just have a have a drink because what you're going through is you know not worse going through. Just not revert back because I was never thinking that I'd just say, well, just have one drink, you know. Mm. But and then that's how my brain would work. It yeah, where your brain. Is.
0: And you could have just one, yeah. And I think that was the other thing that you've said to me. I'm sure you'd be fine now, yeah. Which. You're like the devil on my shoulder sometimes, but not coming from, and this is why I wanted you on, because it's not coming from a, you're trying to make me like destroy my life or you're coming from your brain and your brain going, do you know what? If I haven't had a lot, you know, if I haven't drank for a while and then I have a drink, because you've had periods in life where you've been in countries that you just can't drink, yeah. Um, that actually when you get back, you don't want to get absolutely smashed. So you've kind of gone, I'm sure you'd be fine now. I'm sure you wouldn't want to drink a lot. But I know in my head, when I look at a drink in a heartbeat, I would smash it down. I just know I would. And that's the reason why I can't. Is there anything else that you want to say, Paul? You have been uh, quite quiet, but very honest. And I've really found it insightful because you and I have never talked we've talked but we've not talked like this and I've not asked you direct questions and we kind of have to answer them Mm. um is there anything you think I should have done differently
1: um uh, no no I don't think so it's such a difficult situation for you to have gone through and then for us to have gone through that um I don't think there's any other way of going about it really. It's always going to be hard. It's always going to be difficult. Like I say, it's going to be a big change. So that's going to be uncomfortable. Um, I think you just have to go through that uncomfortable change and obviously your willpower to not drink, which I take the hat off too, because it's like, that's insane going from drinking that much to then not drinking any at all is is you know that's huge to be able to do that and i'm very proud of you being able to do that thank you paul Mm.
0: and thank you for being a guest on my podcast and being honest and vulnerable and which i know you know being vulnerable is not your thing really so thank you paul it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast
1: no worries